Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Frank, we spoke at the end of last week uh, that we this was going to be a really defining week for the NBA in terms of finding out a lot about the state of the league and where people are at. We know that they were going to start presenting to practice facilities and coming together as a team. The re- regular testing was going to happen. And I think we've, without doubt, seen the results of that with a number of players testing positive. The transaction window is open. So there's been some, obviously, some developments there and, and what players might be coming in, what players may not even go down to Orlando. What have you taken from the last few days? What's, what's your uh, number one thought i guess if you look at what's happened since we last uh, chatted yeah i mean i think you know we, we talked about a little bit i mean predictably some of these fringe teams that realistically shouldn't have been even invited to the yeah. the orlando tournament um are you know the flies are beginning to drop right davis bertans saying he's not going to play for the wizards you know again analogous to good players getting shut down late in seasons on bad teams stuff like that right and this obviously is an even weirder situation. Um, so I, I will not be surprised at all if, you know, and I think we've talked about this, right? Like, I mean, if to me, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are like the two major dominoes for the Suns and the Wizards, who are the obvious teams that there's like, there really was no point even including them in all of this. Um, and so, I mean, I just kind of, I mean, I, I am obviously a very much a pro let's do this type, type of person, you know, as far as, as trying to make this happen. Um, but you know, with these te- with those two teams in particular, um, not shocked at all that, that, you know, we were probably going to see, uh, if not before the, the Orlando tournament, um, you know, again, if either of those teams you know, lose their first couple games or whatever it might be, um, you know, are, are they just going to throw in the towel? Are they going to say, all right, you know, Devin Booker, Brad Beal, go on home. Like you don't need to, you don't need to be here anymore, right. which is ironic. Cause I mean, these guys are going to have to be, you know, sort of in, in that bubble for weeks just to get to that point. And for what, right. I mean, these, those teams really have no, no real chance I would say of actually uh, getting close enough to make it in the playoffs, especially the Suns who have to like leapfrog all these other teams in the West to get to having a shot at the eight seed there. So um, yeah, I mean, I think, NBA kind of getting what it's paid for, or I imagine we'll likely we'll see more issues with that. But to me, that's not really, I mean, those teams don't matter. Right. I mean, the, the, the wizards could, you know, the entire team could say they're not going to show up. And I mean, that doesn't really change anything about the legitimacy of the NBA playoffs. And to me, that's really the question. And so, uh, you know, in that case, I think the main question is, you know, do the top teams, are there any, notable absences from those top teams for whatever reason whether it's injury whether it's 
guys opting not to come down to the bubble for, you know, various reasons that they might have. That's really, I think, the story. And obviously, Avery Bradley um, opting not to take part in it is, you know, a big blow for the Lakers, uh, for sure. And, you know, if you're the Bucks, the Clippers, any of the, any of the other teams in the West that, that might have to go through the Lakers, obviously, you know, not that Avery Bradley is like a world beater at this point of his career, but just looking at the depth of the Lakers um, and, you know, now talk about J.R. Smith and, you know, Deion Waiters and all this stuff. I mean, that, that's, that's not a trivial loss, even if, you know, he's not a star player or anything like that. So um, that to me was probably the most important sort of bit of news, probably. Um, you know, we're still here in uh, late June. So guys, you know, hearing about guys that are testing positive coronavirus, you know, Nikola Jokic, uh, Jabari Parker, uh, Buddy Heald, uh, among others, right? We're going to see more and more of these names over the next few days. Um, you know, we're still a month away. So, uh, you know, again, obviously coronavirus can have long-term effects on people, especially people that are in more vulnerable populations. Obviously, you cross your fingers, NBA players don't fit into that category typically. So hopefully those guys will not have any long-term uh, after effects of, of COVID-19. Um, but uh, again, like, you know, you just hope that everybody gets better. And obviously, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to have it much better to have it now than, you know, three weeks from now, when it might cost you, you know, your ability to, to play in at least the first parts of, of that tournament. So um, no surprise that people are testing positive again, to get in the bubble, we're going to have to get the Galdus out of the way. And um, to me, you know, this doesn't really kind of impact, you know, the, the viability of the tournament. I think, you know, certainly some concerns about what's happening in Florida, but again, I mean, you know, I, the whole point is you're going to be isolating your NBA community from the outside world as much as possible. And so I don't know, I'm, I know some people are, I don't know, it seems like some people are kind of taking doom and gloom, like, Oh, you know, as Florida cases rising, like, Oh, how are they going to do this? Right. Well, I mean, again, if, if multiple big name players from top teams come down with this during the tournament, during the playoffs, then I think automatically this becomes obviously a huge deal and it's going to be a massive talking point. If any player during the, 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 the play, you know, during the, the games comes down with coronavirus, it's going to be a huge deal. Um, but, you know, as we've been saying, I think the league is prepared for that to happen. And um, we just have to hope that, you know, again, safety of all these players first, you hope that there aren't any long-term effects on anybody, but, you know, as fans, obviously we're hoping that, it doesn't impact the teams that are, you know, the ones that we would say are, are legitimately uh, contenders for a championship. Yeah, no question. I, I think the interesting thing that I took, if anyone missed uh, yesterday's podcast with Nate Duncan, he's been running the daily COVID news podcast and talking to actual experts. So I've never pretended to be an expert on coronavirus. I read the news and try and uh, find out what I feel about this and, and what's best to do based on that. But Nate, Nate has been talking to the experts and his opinion certainly uh, sort of mirrors yours in, in that the challenge for the NBA is getting the players into the bubble uh, negative. <laughs> and, and that's going to be the challenge. And I think we've seen that you mentioned some of the players uh, looks like Alex Len, who, by the way, one of the funny things about uh, all these players 
testing positive for coronavirus. And when I say funny, it's nothing about them testing positive is funny. But the fact that uh, a lot of fans out there, certainly from what I'm seeing on Twitter, are saying, wait, Jabari Parker, he's on the Sacramento Kings? When did that happen? And Alex Len was one that got me. Apparently, he's on the Kings as well. So uh, Alex Len uh, just tested positive as well. And the other player, uh, as well as Jabari, who was a former buck, Malcolm Brogdon as well, has tested positive. The interesting thing, from from what I've taken from these positive tests is particularly related to the Kings players with Jabari and Alex Len and Buddy Heald. Uh, they're also in a situation where the playoffs are, are, are unlikely, let's be honest. But all three of them have said, yep, looking forward to going down there. And I think that was the big thing for me. Once we saw the dominoes of Bertans and Trevor Ariza, I was wondering how many other players were going to drop off. Uh, this transaction window is only open for a couple of days here. So... Of course, things can change. And if the situation continues to worsen down in Florida, maybe later on there's just going to be players that say, hang on, I'm actually just not going down there. Or they test positive. There's a lot of variables that can clearly change. But the fact that there hasn't been a steady stream of players withdrawing, particularly from uh, the better teams, was something that we predicted. But it's going to be interesting to watch. As far as players that have been signed, there's been a bunch of uh, lower-end player, two-way players, G League players that have signed with teams. But interesting to see our old friend Tyler Zeller uh, signed with the Spurs. I don't know if they intend on him being a LaMarcus Aldridge replacement uh, for for the last <laughs> eight games, but he's, he's going to be with the Spurs. Okay, now for a quick note about the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's, of course, Built Bar. Built Bars are tasty. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight Chocolate with nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're just straight-up good for you. You know that we have a good deal for you guys. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON. For $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And while you're finishing that Built Bar, you may as well listen to me tell you about the most useful app on my phone. It's Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It is Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, and your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to that massive library I just spoke about. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. J.R. Smith. You mentioned as well, potentially going to the Lakers, but uh, we'll see what happens here in the next few days. It's actually been kind of fun to see all these tweets coming through with the transactions going on. No surprises to this point that it's been all quiet on the Bucks front. The one thing I will say is the Bucks obviously are going to be going to the facilities and the, the problem with 
the coronavirus right now and how widespread it is. Some players have been outside of Milwaukee. They've been in different places. They've been traveling. Um, <laughs> they've been living a daily life. So it, to me, I mean, you're probably going to have to expect that, unfortunately, maybe the same might happen with Bucks players. We'll see what comes out. But it, it is, it's kind of confronting to see all these tweets come through again. It makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But uh, this is something that's, that's going to become public knowledge over the next few days here as, as the teams come together. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when some of the diagnoses were first coming out, like in March, when, when things were happening, there was a lot of discussion around, you know, we're like, geez, like, why, you know, should these guys even be being, is Woj even, mm-hmm. should he even be naming these players, right, as, as this is coming out? Um, but, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, the NBA is is now a, like, you know, endorsing and trying to make money off of people gambling off of their, their sport. and you know, once you do that, you know, I mean, there's all the official NBA, when there's all the official NBA injury report stuff, like you can't keep this secret. Like people need to know about this. There's no way now that we're getting close to this bubble starting that this stuff isn't going to come out um, at some point. And so, you know, this is just the cost of, uh, uh, of being a professional athlete in this case that, you know, your, your medical history diagnoses, whatever is just going to be public knowledge basically. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting just to see how many people um, are, you know, flagged as, as having, you know, testing positive here um, as teams begin to uh, get ready to, to reassemble in their home markets. Um, but, you know, the irony is, you know, the, the one thing I find kind of amusing is, um, you know, and I think we, we've sort of highlighted there's probably three big buckets of reasons why uh, players would would sit out of of coming you know going to Orlando right there's one there's the players that are concerned about um, coronavirus slash injury period right which is a little bit of a mixed bag because like you like I don't I don't know if Davis Bertans is really concerned about coronavirus he's probably more concerned about you know tearing his ACL ahead of yeah. his free agency um, and then there's the I don't want to sign up for being, you know, basically isolated for a month or three months or however long you might be. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you're there longer, your family might come, et cetera. But, you know, people are just like, eh, that just sounds shitty. <laughs> like, you know, like I just don't want to be stuck in that situation. And I actually, you know, a lot of those guys would actually prefer more freedom, even at the cost of, you know, creating higher likelihood of the virus getting into the bubble. Right. I think, I would be fascinated if you pulled NBA players, which ones would want, you know, uh, how, how players would actually feel about the level of restriction that's been, that's been put in place. Um, so that obviously is, is fundamentally contradictory to, I think, the league's in main aim, which is trying to keep the virus out and minimize exposure. So, uh, and then I think the third bucket is, is, you know, what we've been talking about the past few weeks, which is sort of this you know, general idea of, you know, racial justice, um, the social aspect of everything that's been happening, uh, the protests that have been happening, you know, do players feel like it's right to be playing basketball, especially in a, you know, restricted environment where they can't go out and do all this stuff, um, you know, during a time like this, right? And again, this, this tournament's a little ways off. So, um, you know, I think that was our main point is, you know, who knows what, what's going to be happening then. So, I, you know, again, I would be surprised if players um, sit out for that reason. Um, and I think certainly what we've heard so far, Avery Bradley, one of the leading voices, I think, around the idea of racial justice. But, you know, by all accounts, it seems like 
the reason that he's ultimately not playing is is more of a family issue that you know health issues with one of his kids and them potentially not being allowed in I guess which I was struggling with to understand a little bit just because you know and this gets back to the idea of all these players testing positive I would say if if your goal is to minimize the number of NBA players who catch coronavirus I would say the bubble is going to help <laughs> going to help that it's going to be safer than whatever a lot of these guys are doing in their regular life because let's be honest a lot of these guys are probably not taking you know, substantial precautions, which is why we're starting to see um, these positive tests, you know, Nikola Jokic partying with, you know, uh, Novak Djokovic. And <laughs> which was weird at the time, by the way, we spoke right? about that. Yeah. He's out there yeah. hugging people and smiling and everyone's yeah. just like, no one said anything. They were just like, man, he looks skinny. He looks good. No one yeah. said anything about hey, the fact. <laughs> would, would fat Jokic have had a better immune system to, to prevent this? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But, um, but anyway, but you know, you've got there's that, and then I mean, Buddy Heel was playing pickup ball yeah, like yeah. two weeks ago on video. I mean, we had highlights of him like playing in a pickup game in a pro am league. It's like, oh, okay, great idea, dude. Um, you know, Trey uh, Young was doing the same thing. There's other guys doing this, uh, and you know, shocker, some of these guys are gonna gonna turn out to have coronavirus. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there's kind of these like different buckets, and then there's kind of just the the sort of outlier cases, right? Um, like Trevor Reza, who I, I can't remember if we were discussing. I, I picked out Trevor Reza as being like the kind of classic guy who might not not to play just because he's a veteran. He's made a lot of money. He's on a team that probably won't make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, just, you know, he, the dude signed for the Suns two years ago. So obviously he's not that concerned about, you know, winning a title. Um, but then he ends up, you know, the story is that he has, you know, this this very specific situation with child visitation for one month. And so, you know, it ends up being a family reason that is the at least the official reason for, for him not joining. So I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of these like very random cases, which probably we would never really, you know, you would never hear about some of these things if not for the uniqueness of, of this bubble. Um, but, you know, again, I think I, I just, I don't feel like at the end of the day, there's, we're going to reach a tipping point of, you know, too many people um, just ha- again, too many players saying that they don't want to play. I just, I just don't foresee that because I think so far it just seems like the star players want to make this happen. And, you know, it's like Pat Beverly said, whatever, if LeBron's going to hoop, we hooping or whatever he said. Right. <laughs> I, I think, I think that is probably, you know, going to ultimately carry the day. And again, anything can happen once you get, once this tournament starts and, you know, we'll see how effective uh, this bubble is, but you know, in the grand scheme of the universe, I mean, these guys are probably going to be far, far better protected than certainly the average person who, you know, has to do everything themselves and who's going out. And obviously a lot of society right now is not showing a lot, showing a lot of care and, and that it seems to include NBA players who have been putting themselves in harm's way uh, over the past, you know, a few weeks. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, as much as the kind of stuff continues to happen, I don't think nothing, uh, I don't think anything I've, I've seen really changes my mind or my level of optimism about a season happening. And again, maybe I'm being, a little overly optimistic, but um, I don't know. I mean, that they're going to give this a shot and they might as well. Right. I mean, the, <laughs> the, I, it's, it's kind of funny. I'm still amazed that the, that the owners were talking about December 1st as like the date to try to get next season started. I'm still surprised that they seem to want to start next season as soon as possible, just given the likelihood that you're going to be talking about at least, you know, largely empty arenas if not completely empty arenas and things like that right i, I don't know i, I just uh 
it's it's a really it's a really strange situation. I feel like almost they almost need to do this just to figure out how they do this type of thing because again, nobody wants to talk about it. But I mean, we don't know what happens next season. And just saying, oh, let's just start again in you know October. It's like, well, is things going to be a lot better in October? Like I, I don't I don't think we know that unfortunately. Okay, I want to give. A quick message from a couple of our sponsors now, starting with rockauto.com, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online. They've been doing that for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they'll know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then, of course, what about our friends at BobblesGalore.com? They are the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports, including the teams we love, the Packers, Brewers, Baseball's Back, and the Bucks. Officially licensed for the NBA, MLB, and NFL. Right now, in limited quantities, they have the triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead with Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian Yelich. And then, on top of that, why don't you get the Greek flag Giannis bobblehead Bobbles Galore can make any custom bobblehead for any occasion or event. Visit www.bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive free shipping. That's bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive free shipping. Let's talk basketball a little bit then. I know you mentioned Avery Bradley, and this is really a significant lost for the Lakers. No, he's not LeBron James. No, it's not Anthony Davis. But Avery Bradley was a really, really solid rotation player for them. He played in 49 games, started 44 of those. The only five games he didn't start was when he was returning back from an extended uh, period on the sidelines through the, the middle parts of the shortened season, however you want to describe that. He played 25 minutes a night, 36% from three, and I was doing a little bit of research on the numbers here just before we started recording. And out of there's there's three five man lineups for the Lakers that have played more than 100 minutes. The lineups of LeBron, JaVale McGee, uh, Danny Green, I almost said Draymond Green, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and Anthony Davis has played the, uh, the most minutes. They played 389 minutes together. You got a defensive rating of 101.4, offensive rating of 114, and a net rating of 12.6. Uh, the defensive rating is by far the best out of the other three lineups. Second is LeBron, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, KCP, and Kuzma at 107.8. But perhaps more interestingly, the guy that's probably going to replace Avery Bradley in the starting lineup is Caldwell Pope, I would assume. I mean, this could definitely change. But if you simply replace Avery Bradley with Caldwell Pope in that lineup, the defensive rating drops from 101.4 all the way up to 113.6. So there's 12.2 points per 100% uh, per 100 possessions better with Avery Bradley in that lineup rather than Colbert Pope. He's a versatile player and doesn't bring a lot offensively. As I said, he can knock down the three. But defensively, uh, this is a significant loss for a team that uh, 
does a lot of good work on that end. Yeah, and I mean, it's not just is Avery Bradley really good. It's also, which obviously, I mean, he's again, it's not an all star, not like some massive impact player, but it's also just you know uncovering the the depth issues that the Lakers yeah, have, and exactly. just that you know, which I think gets to some of the numbers you're you're talking about, right? Um, you know, a team like the Bucks, if you lose. Uh, you know, pick pick one of their, you know, like Wes Matthews, right? Or, you know, who's kind of, obviously Wes Matthews and Avery Bradley, different types of players, but in terms of like role-playing sort of defensive focus types of players who start games, you know, there's definitely some parallels there. I mean, if you lose Wes Matthews and the Bucks, I think that really hurts, right? I'm not going to say it's it's like, oh, no big deal. Um, but, you know, the Bucks have, are kind of more like plug and play. You know, we've obviously seen Dante start a bunch of games when various guys have been hurt. You know, Pat Connaughton, you can plug in. Um, they have different options probably there. Whereas it just feels like the Lakers, like things kind of go downhill really, really quickly when you get into that, that backcourt, when you start looking at that backcourt and start kind of squinting a little bit at the names in that backcourt. I mean, even in the games that, that, you know, we saw against them, against the Bucks, I mean, Rajon Rondo, you know, had a cup had some moments in the LA game, I guess, but, you know, especially in that Milwaukee game, um, you know, he was like, I don't want to say single-handedly lost the game for them, but, you know, this has been a theme, I think, throughout that year that, man, Rajon Rondo is, uh, if you're relying on him, you know, night in and night out to, to give you valuable minutes, man, stuff, stuff gets, that's, that's tough. That, that's a tough spot to be in. Um, and, and obviously, you know, rolling the dice with, with the JR or, you know, Dion Waiters, obviously, that's pretty scary. I mean, these, these are guys that have not, you know, played NBA basketball. And um, granted, uh, nobody else has played NBA basketball for the last few months, but, um, you know, it's, it's a gamble for sure having to rely on, on guys like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's definitely a, a, re- a real thing. And I was, you know, with the, the signing stuff, I mean, I was, um, I was happy to see Tyler Johnson, who I thought was kind of one of the more interesting buyout candidate guys uh, sign with, I guess he's going to sign with the Nets. Um, Cause he's a guy that I think is a really useful, just sort of utility guy backcourt type player um and so yeah it'll be interesting to see what what the uh, lakers end up doing also interesting to see just if they um i mean if they don't replace bradley on the roster i, I don't know if there's been really a decision about that it, it sounds like if they don't replace him like maybe he could come back later um but but i don't know right it, it, this is all sort of new territory for obviously all these teams trying to figure out how they manage the rosters and whether they replace guys because if they replace guys and they can't bring those guys back right once you sign somebody else to replace bradley on on the roster for the for this you know the, the games in orlando then you can't you know he's done right you're not gonna bring it yeah. back so i don't know it's 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 gonna create some interesting decision making because just some of that i mean, granted it's not like everybody has extra roster spots that they can just fill with anybody they want right now but um, if players are sitting out, then obviously it's a, it's a very different dynamic from what you typically see in any sort of you know, typical season. Yeah, Cobalt Pope, as I mentioned, is probably the guy that comes in to start. He actually started that game uh, back in December, the one that the Bucks won. But it's a good point you make about the depth because I remember that game in particular, and, and we all know how much you know, Bleacher Report and whatever, Lakers Twitter like to uh, pump up Alex Caruso's tires. But I remember looking at that game thinking, my goodness, this guy is outmatched. Uh, and every time he looked on, the, every time he was on the floor, he looked horrible. Rondo's just unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get from him. But both Rondo and Caruso were m- minus 11 in that game. But so was 
the, the basically the entire bench were in the negatives. Avery Bradley minus thirteen, uh, Dwight Howard was minus fifteen, and then Jared Dudley only played a few minutes at the end. But the but the bench was was really dominated. And any time they were on the floor, I think the depth was exposed that you pointed to. And even in the game in LA where the Lakers controlled a lot of it, and they uh, obviously won the game by a significant uh, margin in the end. The bench, again, struggled. And Caruso was minus four, Rondo minus one, Dwight Howard uh, minus six, and KCP minus 12. It was the starters, again, that, that really did the damage. So uh, I agree. I mean, any, any loss for the Lakers from that starting group, and basically any player that's not on the floor at the same time with LeBron and Anthony Davis, the numbers aren't great. The numbers are not good at all. And I, I think for that reason alone, as you sort of pointed to, rather than looking at the individual player and saying that he's a significant loss, even though... Uh, he's been a good fit and the defensive numbers uh, look good for him. It's more who has to slide up that's going to be a problem for them. So, uh, yeah, Bradley was one of the guys that was pegged pretty early that potentially, as you said, maybe would not go down to Disney for a, a number of reasons. Dwight Howard, haven't heard from him. He was also pretty vocal about not going down there. Uh, he has not been a factor at all against the Bucks in both those games. So I'm not sure how that would potentially impact a series with Milwaukee, but... Uh, if you're looking purely what's going to happen on the floor, and we don't know what's going to happen with the Bucks in the next few days here, but that is is by far the most significant loss. And I guess now we, we wait around and see what happens. There was a question. We mentioned the mailbag. We are going to get to it eventually, but there was enough news today that we thought we should uh, update that. There was a question in the mailbag. Do we think the Bucks are going to pick anyone up? Well, uh, <laughs> unless someone pulls out or something happens, I, I, I find it pretty unlikely that the Bucks are going to pick someone up. I it's hard to really predict though. Do you, I assume you feel the same way? Yeah. I, I mean, I would certainly be very surprised if, um, if anybody is not coming back now, I mean, the, the, to me, the bigger question, especially with the ages of some of the guys on the team, right? Like you just worry that, you know, first week back after months and months yeah. off, like does somebody pull a hamstring, right? Like I'm, I'm very concerned about, you know, George Hill getting a muscle injury that, that keeps him out for an extended period or, you know, Wes obviously is a guy that, you know, is, is a bit older, um, you know, so, so that's, you know, and then obviously not even to speak of, uh, of obviously the, the, the top end guys like Giannis and Chris, you know, I think Bud had a comment about Giannis being fully healthy and, and ready to go with uh, having time off. They're going to rest the, the knee that, um, that he had hurt right before uh, everything kind of went to, to hell in mid-March, although it seemed like he was about to, to play the next night, if not for, um, you know, the, pand- the pandemic shutting everything down. So, um, so yeah, on the one hand, certainly some guys have had a chance to rest up, you know, Bledsoe had some knee soreness that he'd been battling. He missed that Denver game as well. So, yeah, you know, that, that, to me, the time off for a team like the Bucks is probably that, that double-edged sword of, hey, you know, there were definitely some guys with some knocks, especially some, you know, starting with Giannis, which you obviously his health is, is kind of the first, first and last thing you worry about. Um, but, uh, you know, again, like you also worry with older players. I don't know, is, is too much time off guys, are guys going to come back in shape? I mean, that's really the, probably the, the biggest question for, for pretty much all these teams, right? Is our teams, are guys going to come back after this long break and be able to get in shape and get, get into game shape quickly? Or, um, you know, is, are, are they going to be stuck playing themselves into shape? And is that going to carry over and create, you know, some sort of hangover? Uh, as teams actually start the playoffs too, which again is why it's important to have those eight games, you know, which is probably going to feel like a very long time for Bucks fans because it doesn't feel like 
you know, we're just going to be counting down the games to get to the playoffs. But, um, but you know, again, I'm, I'm just very curious how the Bucks are going to manage that in terms of, um, you know, minutes and how much guys are going to play and, you know, how, I mean, how much are they really trying to win specific games? Uh, I, I don't know. I imagine they're probably not going to be very concerned about it given, you know, the only team that was really close to them in the standings is the Lakers and there's no home court to battle over uh, with, you know, with, uh, with the opposing conference teams, right? Obviously there's a playoff seating issue for teams in your conference, but you know, by all, you know, if you look at the, do the math, it seems pretty, pretty difficult for the Bucks to, to be over, to be caught by the Raptors at this point. Okay. So my only real advice for Bucks fans over the next few days is probably turn on the old Twitter notifications for Woj and Chance because uh, they've been running hot over the last few days. And if there's going to be any Bucks news, I, I have a sneaky suspicion they might be the first on the case. Uh, you mentioned the ESPN story regarding Giannis. It's always, always good to hear. We haven't heard from Bud for, for a couple of months, probably. Um, so to hear that Giannis is back in good shape and, and feeling good probably doesn't surprise anyone. I mean, we know out of all the players that you maybe might wonder what they've been up to and if they've been working hard, Giannis is certainly the last that I would be worried about. As far as what the rest of the network is doing, make sure you check out the Rejecting the Screen podcast with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. Again, they're always getting in interesting guests on their show each week. So check that one out after you listen to Locked on Bucks. Frank, thanks for jumping back on. I'm sure I'll be hassling you again tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.